It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Today, we're joined by guest Joe Goodberry here to talk about the Bengals acquisitions that may be coming via trade, via free agency. Thanks for listening to the Lockdown Bengals podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with all the props, odds, and lines more than they've ever had before. Go check it out at Bet Online where the game starts. All right, guys, let's dive in first to the Lyle Collins stuff. Last week, the last time we recorded Lockdown Bengals, Lyle Collins was available or rumored to be on the shopping block, as it were, from the Dallas Cowboys. Since then, over the weekend, Dallas granted Collins' agent permission to seek a trade. Collins is represented by Drew Rosenhaus, right guys, who has a long history with the Cincinnati Bengals. Of course, Frank Pollock also has a long history with Lyle Collins. This makes sense for every reason. If you're the Bengals, I think, especially if Pollock gives it an all clear, but for the Cowboys, maybe a little bit more nebulous as to whether or not they should trade Collins. Joe, if you had to give this a 1% to 100% likelihood of happening as of Sunday evening as we record, where are you right now? Well, the obvious doesn't always happen, right? I mean, because it seems extremely obvious. It seems like it's match made. You don't get these guys that play at the position of need that the Bengals need. This isn't a let's get Laramie Tunzel. we got to move Jonah Williams. This is a right tackle that can play right tackle that has played under Frank Pollock before, that has connections that would be – extremely cap friendly or deal friendly the way the Bengals like their deals. It honestly reminds me a lot of the Cordy Glenn trade that didn't work out, but there's no reason to believe this would have similar results. You get a guy that's still in his prime that has been very, very good uh, for an extremely affordable deal. I think if you ask even non Bengals fans or analysts around the league, they would say the Bengals should make this move. Yeah, I would agree with that. And real quick, it's Peter Schaefer, just so people don't come after you. Lyle Collins is new agent. It's, it's not it, Rosenhaus? It's not. So, But Schaefer represents Joe Mixon, represented okay. uh, Adam Pacman Jones. So there is familiarity, to your point. My which mistake. Is all that, that, which is all that really matters. Rosenhaus doesn't necessarily love dealing with the Bengals anyway, so this could actually be better. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, to me, makes a ton of sense because of the money. 
right? We had Jeff Hobson on last week. And when I mentioned Laramie Tunsil, he dismissed it very quickly because of the money and people got mad about it, but he's been around this team and he understands it. And I look at it and essentially three, one year, $10 million deals for a guy who could be a, a pro bowl level right tackle for you and is 28 years old. Like it makes a ton of sense, especially Joe, to me, the familiarity, everything, but they just moved Amari Cooper for a fifth round pick. And I know some were like, oh man, makes sense, blah, blah, blah. No, Amari Cooper's way too good for just a fifth round pick. And I don't care what his money is, whatever. I think the Browns win that deal. And I think the Bengals, if they get him for, even if it's a third rounder straight up, I would feel good about it. And it might not even take that considering Dallas seems pretty desperate uh, to try to get off of uh, Lyle Collins in that contract. Yeah, and when guys like, this become available. I think a lot of people are questioning why, right? And it's the guy who's had some issues, uh, missed a year a year ago with an injury, um, was suspended. I mean, he's had some issues that may cause the Cowboys to get out of there, but they're also in deep cap trouble uh, with contracts, especially the Zeke Elliott contract, the Mark Cooper contract, two uh, real heavy contracts on that roster that one they could get out of, one they couldn't. So you see how they sold low on Cooper. I think it's a very similar scenario here with Collins. Yeah, they wouldn't save as much right now, but I think when they're looking at how to build their team in 2023 and beyond, that's where the savings come in. And maybe that's why we're thinking at this point, I mean, originally we're thinking, can we swap picks as a first rounder, as a second rounder? Yeah. I think we're looking at like a fourth round pick at this point. Uh, and even that might be high on the high end because the Cowboys uh, released a report, I believe it was Saturday night, that um, they are – willing to cut him if they can't find a deal. So it's that close. And I think, you know, at this point, um, yeah, it's it's too good to be true. It should get done. And this is the the willingness to cut him is more than just a willingness to cut him. This is where does it make sense for the Cowboys to do the trade? They only save a million, a million and change against this year's cap, maybe two million in cap space if they trade him. If they do a post-June 1 cut on Lyle Collins, they'll save closer to $10 million against the Cavs. So they could recoup a draft pick or do a pick swap kind of deal. You know, we've talked about some pick swap possibilities that would equate to something like a third round pick, or they could save more cap space later. Now the, the reason that I think that if the relationship is truly broken, as I, I feel like I read a report indicating as much on Sunday and they're going to get rid of Collins either way. They've given the agent permission to seek a trade. This has all been very public. Holding out for the post-June 1 cut doesn't actually free up any resources for the Cowboys or substantial resources for the Cowboys until that time, and they don't recoup any draft compensation for this year. So that would be their incentive to do the deal. Hopefully that's enough incentive to do the deal because, as we've said, for the Bengals, this makes a ton of sense. Again, hinging on Frank Pollock's approval, I think. And he has a roster bonus coming up. So that's the other part that's, of it. That's a good where point. They, they just save, I think it's like six million bucks too. It's not yeah. it's not chump so, change change. It's Jake Lisco, Joe Goodberry money. So you, you don't want to just throw and, that around to a guy you're gonna end up cutting. And, and that's got, cash, not cap, yeah. to, to be clear. That's like mm -hmm. actual money out of Jerry Jones's pocket, which is a tangible thing, whereas the cap savings is more of an accounting thing where it's just moving money around to be cap compliant. There's no additional money that they'll be on the hook for or less money they'll be on the hook for, except for that 
that bonus. That's a that's a good point, James. There is one other thing though, because if they cut him and designate him as a June first cut, they will have a dead cap hit this year of five point three million, and next year it'll be eight point seven million still on right. there. So trading him frees up that eight point seven million dead cap of next year's cap. That's what I meant by that. So that's the the weight also is like how much can you buy this cap space for is what the Cowboys are looking at. And it seems like that is priority one, two, and three for the Cowboys right now. And some Bengals fans have been in the mentions, and I'm sure you guys have gotten this too, saying, oh, yeah, just send 31 for Collins right now. Call it a day. <laughs> and I'm not sure where 31 is coming from. That That's from Cowboys people I've talked to, from looking at trades like this comparatively around the league. There's no way this should take a, a, a first round pick because the Cowboys are going to release him. And you've never like, when's the last time you saw a trade and Amari Cooper is a great example of this, James, there, there's a lot more money there, but a mm-hmm. fifth round pick for a talented player because the Cowboys were going to cut him. If the Cowboys yeah. are going to cut Collins and it seems like it's going that way with how public this all has been, I can't imagine the price tag will be terribly high. Certainly not prohibitive. Yeah, and, and the the thing is, and, and it keeps coming back to this, we mentioned this, but Pollock's familiarity with him, that's huge in whether or not the Bengals go after him. If Pollock's like, man, that dude is, he doesn't work hard, and maybe he's been better and he's got his stuff in line, but you know, the Bengals trust their people, right? They're tight-knit, and so that's, of anyone, Duke Tobin, Mike Brown, Katie Blackburn, Troy Blackburn, I would actually want to ask Frank Pollock how he feels right now about Lyle Collins, how it was working with him day in, day out, because that'll probably tell you all you need to know about whether or not the Bengals are going to be interested. Because look at it, contract-wise, of course, age-wise, all of this stuff matches up. You don't need to ask them about that. How is he as a guy? And Frank knows that and uh, certainly knows people with the Cowboys, and I think that could go a long way towards making this deal uh, a reality for those that want it to become a reality. I'll throw this in real quick. Duke Manyweather, who I think has a close relationship with Lyle Collins, did tweet on Saturday that Collins really likes Pollock. They mm-hmm. have a good relationship. So if that goes both ways, there's the answer to your question. And and whether or not they get this trade done has a big impact on free agency. So if the Cowboys are dragging their feet and kind of waiting to see how things are going to go, waiting to see what kind of offer they can get, waiting to decide about the cut versus trade, well, the Bengals might just have their hand forced and they might have to just take a dip into free agency instead. And with free agency's arrival, it's time to really dig in to that free agency and a big offseason for the Bengals. We'll do that next. Speaking of digging in, I dig into a built Bar every single day. Why? Well, because it's the best protein bar on the planet. So whether you're looking for a post-gym, post-workout protein punch. Maybe you just want a healthier snack to help you get through the week. Or if you're like me and covering free agency this week, well, guess what? We're going to need some energy, some quick fix, some quick built Bar can help you do that because they're high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories. They're covered in 100% chocolate. So it's the protein bar that truly tastes like a candy bar, feels like you're eating a snack, is not a chore, and yet fits the macros that well, are going to make sense for your diet. So check them out right now at built.com and use promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your order. Again, for 15% off, go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Free agency, guys. Joe holding up his Built Bar. For those of you watching on YouTube, his <laughs> preferred flavor, the mint brownie, of course. And we've been looking forward to free agency for not as long as normal. But we do have our tier list put together. I tweeted that out last week. We got Mike's tiers in there this year as a little addition, throwing some variability into the mix. And I don't know. The last couple of years, they've kind of scraped the, the tier one area of free agency, at least in terms of dollars they've given out in, in DJ reader and Trey Waynes and Trey Hendrickson tier one to tier one and a half ish contracts. I wonder if we'll see that this year, especially with reports that Ryan Jensen may reset the center market, the way that Joe Tooney reset the guard market last year, Tooney setting that market at $16 million per year. We have the Kelsey deal at center, for $14 million this year. And it makes you think, are the Bengals actually ready to play in this market? Are they really serious about this offensive line stuff? Because it's kind of felt like, are the Bengals a favorite for Jensen in all of the agent-led smoke season leading into free agency? And, and now it might have a different vibe if we're going to get some market resetting deals at some of these positions. And guys like Lakin Tomlinson tweeting on Sunday, God is good, maybe he's re-signed in San Francisco. So could be seeing signs of this market already thinning out. I think the key here though, when you look at the past two years is yeah, they dipped or at least got close to that tier one range. We had DJ reader as a tier one guy. He was one of the last guys left. Remember at that time, we were all ready to, to uh, you know, kill each other on Twitter, right? Right. As the, no, the Bengals aren't going to get anybody. And then it's the DJ reader. And then it's the Trey Hendrickson. So keep that in mind. If you know, once it's four o'clock on the, on Monday and you they haven't signed anybody yet, but uh, <laughs> the point that I was trying to make is uh, I, I don't see anybody in this tier one to even tier two range that would fall into the category of, of it's a position that gets undervalued. I would have said center, but now the new reports of Jensen, you know, getting 15, 16, maybe plus that million a year center is usually the position on the offensive line that goes for 10 to 13 or so the top guys. So that you get a little bit of a value compared to guards and tackles. Uh, Maybe the other one is linebacker or maybe a tight end, but I don't see the Bengals splashing there either. So really, is there a nose tackle this year? Is, or is it a guy like a Trey Waynes that maybe they're offering more than anybody else, uh, right? You have to think they did in that scenario because, uh, uh, you know, they, how much he, he was valued at or how we perceived him at least. Uh, and then the Trey Hendrickson, hey, Trey Hendrickson signing was more of a – there was concerns, I felt like, around the league. Like now he would get probably $60 million guaranteed if he was a free agent. You get the Max Crosby probably deal. Uh, but we knew that that wasn't the case last year as there were some reservations. I – wonder if it's going to be a surprise guy that they overpay for and more of like a, and I don't want to say overpay for Hendrickson because I, 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 that worked out for them, but the Trey Wayne thing, or is it more of this guy is still there. One of the last few guys we really, really like, like a DJ reader that is being undervalued for whatever reason. And now we're going to pounce on it. Carlton Davis 
as you were describing, like, what guy could that be? And it might not be. That's me just guessing. But could that be the guy, you know, a 25-year-old corner that they really, really like that, oh, they can get and be that tier one guy in their minds instead of overspending on Jensen? Because you guys bring up a good point. The past two years, the DJ Reader year, they wanted linebacker. And they were in on all these linebackers and all these linebackers went for more than they were willing. And so they said, all right, we're going to pivot. And they went and got reader last year. I think they were in on some of these offensive linemen and they viewed it as a very top heavy free agent class. And they're like, all right, well, this isn't going to work. And, you know, they, they pivot. Part of that was the, the, the loss and thing. They realized as far as edge rusher goes, these guys were getting more than they anticipated. So they're like, all right, let's throw the bag at Trey Hendrickson and not mess around here. So, they're willing to do that. Um, and so that's a guy that came to mind. And I could certainly see that. If, and if it was, if there was a spot, I guess you could see edge. I, I just, I don't necessarily see that. I, I would say it would be cornerback. If it's not offensive line and they just pivot off of it as far as like the tier one guys go, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a guy like Carlton Davis or another corner. JC Jackson still feels too rich. I've tossed it around in my head a lot just to see and thought about it and talked with Jake off air about it. It just doesn't seem realistic. I think that man, uh, I left you guys just quiet, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I can I, keep talking. I, I thought it's okay. Joe was taking I, I, that one. I, I can take more time and keep talking. I don't know if our listeners will like it, but the reason I think JC Jackson probably are, are they really going to spend eighteen to twenty per? No, nah, I don't think so. You know, I just I, I think they'll go for the 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 next guy down that they think will offer them better value and and probably similar play. No, I agree with you. I I was just trying to think about what what position they would they would address because like Von Bell was kind of a surprise to me as well going back a couple of years ago. And and now they kind of, they're set at safety. So I was like, Oh, this is a pretty, there could be a safety they like, you know, if they want to go after like a Quandre Diggs or something. Could you but, imagine? But, but with both safeties under contract, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not likely. So where do they go? It's like corner edge yep. rusher. Yeah. It's not wide receiver. The nope. defensive interior class is not that strong. Mm-hmm. And so, so where do they go? So, so Joe, multiple choice question. Yeah. Which, which position, if it's not, oh. you know, top of market offensive lineman, which position do they pivot to? Is it, is it edge rusher? Is it corner? Is it tight end? Is it something that we're, we're totally missing? Well, that's why I, I, you caught me. I was looking at the spreadsheet trying to see who the next tier of corners were in the next tier of centers. Let's say that, you know, you're right. Maybe Carlton Davis doesn't get the uh, huge money that he would like as a 25-year-old, right, Come, coming into that second contract there, a guy who's been pretty productive in his career. Um, say he, he gets, you know, fifth, a, a similar Trey Wayne's type offer, honestly, where it's only $15 million guaranteed. You're yep. going to see the first two years, but you're getting $15 million a year for three years. You'll still get another contract when you're 28 years old. I mean, that could appeal to someone like him, especially when all the corners played well last year. So maybe the system scheme works here in Cincinnati. You could sell that. And then the next guy there, uh, Traverius Ward, right, from the from the Chiefs. Do they see that as, hey, this is an upgrade. This is a guy that's not getting as much traction out there. We'll pay him. Uh, similar deal to Trey Wayne's. I think probably a very similar quality player they could see them as. But then I started looking who are the next centers. Is it Bradley Bozeman? Do they quickly pivot? All right, Bozeman's the next guy there. We'll give him $13 million a year, uh, which I think would be an overpay. I don't like him at that range. I barely like him at $10 million. So for me, I, I would be a bit disappointed, but I understand the desperation they, they may see themselves in. Or do they just go directly to the next guy and Brian Allen for the Rams and just say, you know what, here's $10 million for three years. 
you know, 10 million a year, three years, 30 million sign right now. So we have center and we don't have to worry about it. And we know you're a scheme fit and you're at least a decent starting center because that's how free agency kind of goes. You know, there would be no guaranteed money there. You'd get a starter. You'd get younger at that position. You'd get somebody who you feel would fit the system, and you just keep it moving and go on to the next one. You spend too much time chasing the guys you're not going to get. Well, then you're going to turn around, and the guys you thought for second wave are not there anymore. So you kind of have to sometimes read the room, which it's probably already set behind the scenes for that first wave. Like if by the time you're listening to this, guys are signing pretty much. And then you need to be attacking that second wave or planning it right now. So I, I think that could be the pivot point. I, I do too. I agree. And I, I think that that's, that's the thing. Like to me, and I, I don't think I said this on air, but if, if they're willing to pay Jensen 13 and he gets up to that 15, 16, well, damn it. I just wish they were willing to pay guard. Cause I would give Scherf that right. Because he's awesome when he's out there and I get there's injury concerns and stuff like that, but he's still awesome and he fits perfectly. And he's a plug plug and play type guy. But I don't think that's them. I think they would go to that next tier and they'd say, all right, well, Andrew Norwell's out there. We're going to look at him. We're going to look at these, you know, level of guys. You're right. As far as center goes, uh, you know, maybe they drop to a, you know, a Jones or someone like that. But in my eyes, then I get to the point of, all right, well, Trey Hopkins. And it's like, is it worth it? And I think that's why, because people have asked us, why is Hopkins still here? Why is Wayne still here? And I think Wayne's is still gone regardless. They'll find a corner. But there is a chance where things go the way they go and it's musical chairs and they look up and it's like, all right, well, let's keep Hopkins on the roster for now. I don't think it's completely done. I think it's most likely done that they find his replacement, but I wouldn't completely say for certain, right? Like I haven't written that story for allbengals.com yet and it isn't in bold and, you know, scheduled to publish. I like the direction we're going here and talking about some of the less discussed or less likely free agency paths, one that involves them keeping Trey Hopkins, maybe that involves a Lyle Collins acquisition and an Andrew Norwell acquisition. And if those things happen, do you feel okay about Hopkins in the middle? Maybe we'll stay on that path. Some of the guys we haven't discussed as much, some of the dark horse candidates coming up next. The brackets are out. The tournament is here. And look, I know you're a College Hoops fan. You probably are. And even if you're not, well, you're signing up for different bracket challenges and different things like that. Well, you got to get to Bet Online because Bet Online is a one stop shop for all of your college hoops needs this March latest odds, contests, player props, and it's going to make March Madness that much more fun. So check them out right now at Bet Online. And it's not just basketball. We talk about Bet Online all the time for a reason because they got your NBA covered, they have your UFC, they have your boxing. Heck, with the draft looming, maybe you want to check out some championship odds, some divisional odds for the Bengals. You can do all of that and more in one spot. Bet online. So head to the website today. Check them out right now. Bet online, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The reason I was thinking, James and Joe, about the path less discussed is because 
I was looking at some of our names here. We haven't even talked about Ben Jones, but that's because I don't think he's on their radar. But some, some of the guys that stood out, Javarius Ward, you mentioned James, I, I think could be a, a dark horse candidate for them at corner if they like him. And the the guy that, oh man, I've, I've lost the train of thought. There's a guy that really stood out to me as a potential option. Corner or what? Oh no, Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick oh. is a guy who I think is going to have a potentially very interesting market. He came off a great year last year going into free agency, bet on himself, took a bargain deal, and now again had a really good year. And so does he get that reception that he's expecting from the free agency market? Or is he again kind of fighting for the contract he wants. That's one guy that I'm going to be very inter- interested to see how the market forms for him. And, and Traverius Ward is another one where he, he doesn't have the pedigree. He's kind of made a name for himself in this league. And I wonder, uh, we, we've got a projection in here at $14 million per year, but if that market doesn't materialize for him and he's available closer to $10 million a year, is that a guy that Bengals would be interested in? And I think there's a number of corners that might intrigue mm-hmm. them to kind of fit that mold. Uh, so, so corner is one in particular that I think we might see a name join the Bengals that we haven't necessarily discussed. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, I think corner for sure, right? They, they got to sign one somewhere. At the very least, it'll be bringing back Eli Apple. But I think there's so many other guys you can go through before you get to that option. And I think they will probably exhaust those options first. Is it a tier two guy? Is it? A, I don't think it's a tier one JC Jackson. I, we still get a lot of people asking about it. I mean, we're talking, I think, $50 million guaranteed for J.C. Jackson. The Bengals are not going to come close to that, or never have, I should say. Uh, if they did, it would be stunning and welcomed. Uh, I would be completely for it if they went that route. <laughs> Anyways, so the, so where do you go? Is it, is it Tier 2? We discussed two guys. Is it Tier 3 when you start to get to the D.J. Reed Juniors from Seattle? Who's a, you get guys, you know, a couple years starting, 25, 26-year-old guys, the Akello Witherspoons, the Sidney Jones, uh, Stephen Nelson, you guys – I think James signed him in, in his mock free agency uh, this week and or last week. And is that the tier they play in? Do they go even deeper than that? Because that's when I think you get back into the Eli Apple range. And that's where we kind of want to stay out of if we want to look for an upgrade. And I think that's I said this on Twitter the other day. I think the Bengals need to get better. And I said this after listening to you guys with Jeff Hobson, because this is what sprung the point um, to me. Uh, you you want to retain your guys. Right. And Jeff was talking about that a lot, especially at defensive tackle. But were they even good enough last year at defensive tackle, even if they were to bring back B.J. Hill and Larry Ogunjobi? I still felt like in many times last year they needed to be better inside. They needed to be have a better pass rush unit or somebody inside so even if you brought both back i'd still be saying you got to draft a guy probably an athletic three tech somewhere in the second third fourth rounds and to add to that room i'd say the same about corner even if you brought eli apple back you still need to get better at that third corner spot really he's your number two boundary guy in that scenario does that mean you sign another guy two veterans or does that mean you sign apple and you're drafting somebody a premium pick more than likely uh to really fill out that room because you know, that's the part of it. You want to keep your guys. You want to keep this Super Bowl roster. Well, you have to be real, too. They were not good enough in a lot of positions. And I think those are two key ones that either they're going to retain their guys or they're going to add to that room. Another position that we've talked about a lot and I know Bengals fans have talked about. And we do have a little breaking news in the tight end market right now as we record on Sunday evening. Zach Ertz has reached a three-year extension with the Arizona Cardinals, according to Tom Pelissero. He's going to be one of the NFL's 
10 highest paid tight ends at age 31, which doesn't sound that scary. And maybe they got a team friendly deal. We have no idea. But one more veteran off the market, the tight end market, man, it seemed like there was going to be all these guys. And then you got a couple signed, you get some franchise tags in there and boom, CJ Uzama has got to be smiling with that news. That's to me, it's it's scary. I, I'll be honest. I'm worried about them overpaying to keep CJ. And CJ's my guy. I love talking to him. He's the best media-wise. But th- there's a point where you could overpay, and that's that's the guy. If there was a top like overpay candidate, I don't think they're necessarily going to overpay Larry Ogunjobi. I think they know what he is. But everything that he means to that room, the – I think they could get in their feels a bit when it comes to CJ Uzama, especially with these veterans signing deals and and continuing to uh, these tight ends, continuing to stick around and stay with their current teams. I think the other interesting position, Jake, and I think you're probably going to agree with this because they're in a bad way at guard, right? They need at least to sign one guard. And I know we've talked about, well, what if they sign a center and and trade for Lael Collins? Does that leave enough money to go get a good guard or are they starting to dip into the tier three, tier four guys again? And that's the Quentin Spain's. You bring them back on a cheap deal to compete with Jackson Carmen at left guard. Is it an Ode Obushi at, at right guard? You know, is it a Mark Lewinsky? Uh, you know, is it again, scraping the bottom of the barrel and hoping for a first, second, third round guard to come in and step in and, and fill that right guard spot again. Uh, and I think that's part of the scenario in, in, how you and what positions you attack. You know, Lael Collins kind of came out of nowhere because I was thinking guard center the whole way, right? Because the tackle market is very thin this year in free agency. Again, it was last year. Remember Daryl Williams signed? We're like, oh, that's it. There's no tackles left. Um, so, like, it could be like that again if they don't get a Lael Collins. You pivot back into the interior and hope to draft a tackle. Or do they end up with Collins and a center like Brian Allen? And now they're like, well, you know, we kind of can probably go to $5 million on a right guard. And what tier does that give you? That does not get you anywhere near the guys that I would like because the guys that I would like are Lake and Tomlinson if he's still available. You know, we, we still like James Daniels. I don't think yeah. the Bengals well, especially at the numbers we've heard for him, $12 million a year because he's 24 years old. But Austin Corbett, going back to the Rams, if I had to pick one of Austin Corbett or Brian Allen, I'm picking Corbett and Same. I'm rolling with Hopkins again, especially in the Lyle Collins scenario. But the other thing is, if they do go back to say they instead of prioritizing tackle, like the Lyle Collins thing doesn't happen, he becomes a free agent, signs a $15 million deal somewhere for a little bit of extra money because he's going to get another signing bonus. Hooray for him. Not so for the Bengals. Now they need a tackle. Will they go rental again? It might not be Riley Reef. We're not sure if he is going to be available or not. But, you know, the, the guys that James and I signed in our little scenarios on thursday both have question marks morgan moses is 31 he's been durable but he's 31 could fall off a cliff at any point in time the bengals generally don't sign multi-year deals for guys that old and trent brown has his own motivation issues or concerns or whatever you would call it when outside of new england so so where do they go do they go to the the one-year deal for dwayne brown or or is he seen as too far on the decline do they go for a a short term to to try to engage an eric fisher you know i I would be curious to see where they would go at tackle because they need a guy it's not going to be isaiah prince there are i think four positions that they want to get better at guard center tackle and corner 
and then they want to bring back some guys on that defensive interior as we've discussed and we'll see what happens there but I think they want to get better at those spots and it might be challenging depending on how things go a few tackles here on our list that uh could get overvalued just because they have starting experience and uh, guys we have in like in the tier four range which is clearly below Riley Reef, who we have in the three so like we'd like to bring Reef back but if you know that that's a mutual thing we got to see if he still wants to be here if he wants to play uh guys are Joseph Notebloom 27 years old this year from the Rams. He was a spot starter, swing tackle. When he played, I thought he played well. Uh, but does that mean he gets a starting right tackle contract, which could be upwards of eight, 10 million plus a year? Uh, I could see it. And, and you know, it, could, it would be a, a bit scary to do something like that, but I would be the best of the other guys here. Uh, speaking of Garan Christian, who started in Houston after a, being like a raw type guy coming out where he needed years and seasoning. He's only 25 years old. The other guy, Chu. Chuma Okorafor for Pittsburgh started at right tackle. Again, he's also 24, started all year last year for them. Uh, that was a bad offensive line. Now, these guys didn't play well, these last two, but they're 24 to 25, and they started for basically a full season. Teams are going to look at that like there's still more development there, and those guys should hit their stride in, in the second contract. It scares me, but I feel like we should bring it up. Yeah, I don't, that's sc- I don't that's like scary. It. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's, the, that's exactly what it is. That's scary. And so that's the – that's the hope, right? Is that they can thread the needle on the interior, especially maybe it's Austin Corbett, right? And they just, instead of flirting with, you know, Scherf and, and pretending like they're going to be able to compete with him. And I just keep mentioning him because I think he's the top guard. Um, they, they just go right after Corbett and they say, all right, this is the guy we're going to target. Or they go after Connor Williams, penalties aside. And, uh, and who knows, maybe they do pull off the Collins trade and it's, you know, Cowboys reunion. Um, for the the Bengals in 2022, but that's uh, that's the part. What it all comes down to, and I don't give a damn who it is, just be better in the trenches, right? Whoever can protect Burrow is who I want. So I, it, it doesn't matter. I'm not committed to any of these dudes. You just got to find five that work, and the five that they had last year for most of the year did not work. Joe, when you're looking at this free agency class, the last my my, my last question because I agree, James, they, they've got to block and that's priorities one through three we thought it was priorities one through three last offseason mm-hmm. what uh what gives you confidence joe that this is going to be in some ways a continuation of recent history where the bengals will be active in free agency and continue their trends in that regard but be different insofar as will they have learned their lesson about the offensive line sufficiently man i, I feel confident they'll spend um based on the recent you know last four years i think when you uh, when you had Andre Perota on, he explained it very well. They spend this much every year in cash spend. It's You know what they're going to spend. They're going to get to that point again. Even if they want to save a little bit of that for next year for when they got to throw money at Joe Burrow, that's fine. It's still like $75 million at the least to spend this year. Uh, they're nowhere near it. They're going to sign guys. They're going to sign starters. And I think the pressure is on. They feel a little bit of it at the very least. Um, me just guessing, not knowing. But how could you not feel the pressure? I think the entire AFC is feeling the pressure. That's why we're seeing trades to these other competing AFC teams. So, uh, you know, if you don't feel it yourself, the other the other guys are putting it on you. So I, I think they, they will spend. That's why I have confidence in that. Now, the other part is, will they get it right? Will they prioritize it the right way? Uh, people have said, like, you know, the Chiefs fixed their line in one year. Yeah, they nailed all four of those decisions they had to make, and they spent first-round pick, largest guard contract, um, second-round pick, got lucky in the sixth round with Trey Smith still being there and, and playing as good as we thought he would. Um, so, like, everything worked for them. The Bengals made five decisions on the offensive line last year. One worked, Quentin Spain. 
I'm not even saying Riley Reef worked because he wasn't there when they needed him at, at their most crucial crucial situations in the end of the year. Uh, so, like all all three draft picks did not work. Are we to expect that they'll work now? I don't think you can keep missing the way they have. So, in my you know, I think it, we're just looking for two guys to pan out this year to to, and that would make that O line better. Another draft pick, maybe he's you know not the savior this year uh, if it's not a first, second, third round guy, but a guy that comes in. Uh, makes you more athletic, makes you bigger, makes you stronger, can provide you depth. Yeah, they can be better on the O-line, and they'll spend money, and I think they can if they hit it. The other part is they they knocked out the rest of their signings last year, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. O-line, yes, but all the other signings they hit, that could change. That could work this way on the offensive line, and if it does, see, we can think positive. If it does and they nail it, whew, it's a good offense. Yeah, that's where I was going. If they continue to be hot in free agency and they've missed on Trey Waynes and gotten the rest pretty much spot on the last two years, and they and they can translate that to the offensive line from the defensive side of the ball where most of the attention has been, that, then we're feeling pretty good. We're feeling like the Bengals are in good shape, keeping up with the arms race in the AFC, like you said, Joe, because that AFC West is going to be a uh, man. Talk about arms race out there, Russell Wilson, Khalil Mack. The, the Chiefs doing what the Chiefs do. And uh and 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 Derek Carr and the Raiders still making making the playoffs last year. The Bengals need to keep up in the AFC. The Bills are still out there. The Titans are still gonna be there. We'll see if the Colts can find a quarterback to be in there as well. And as we saw last year in the playoffs, they need to protect in the playoffs or things get ugly and and can lose you games. So I, I'm hoping that they can keep that success rate going james closing thoughts before we uh we wrap up yeah hopefully we are doing a bunch of emergency pods this week and i don't get any sleep and you know you, you see me at you know 3 a.m talking about how they signed a bunch of guys and uh or, or a key guy and yeah that's that's the exciting part about free agency and they've they've kept us on our toes jake last year and in the year prior i mean i remember where i was for the reader news and so I was like oh my god they they're really signing a guy like because it, it just hadn't happened and so now the expectation has changed and so hopefully they feel it like Joe said because they have a chance to really grab the city because the Reds have done the opposite and they could make they could paint Cincinnati orange and black if they want and uh, that means they have to get it right and protect number nine so we'll see if they can do it this week we shall see indeed some deals coming in as we're recording this. Isaiah McKenzie back to the Bills on a two-year deal. Devin McCourty back to the Patriots on a, on a $9 million one-year deal. So we might even have an emergency podcast out by the time you get to this part of this podcast. We'll see if the Bengals make any moves late on Sunday after we're finished recording here. But we'll be back all week, as James said, with breaking podcasts as the Bengals make moves, breaking them down. We'll have Malik Wright with us tomorrow in case we need to get any comment on things that have been rumored but not confirmed. So we'll chat with Malik about what he knows about the Bengals' direction in free agency as well. And until then, Bengals fans, hootay and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.